Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Welcome into the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. I'm Martin Weiss, joined here with my co-host, Will Blackman. Will, good to see you again, my friend. What's happening, man? What's good? Good to see you. Look at you shining with the jewelry, man. Talk about you ain't got money. You got you got money, bro. Uh, that's a little Christmas money. gift, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't have. I, I like to say this, man. I don't got money, but I got really good friends. You know, that's 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 how it works. That's a good friend. Buy you some jewelry. I tell you what. I tell you it what, was. man. I thought so. I thought so. But a wild conference championship weekend that uh, occurred last Sunday. Was it wild? I think it was wild because it had so many different storylines that were not related to the football. (laughs) (laughs) But I figured since that, uh, I figured since, uh, you know, it's been a couple of days removed and we obviously have this extra week in between now and the Super Bowl that nobody, literally nobody asked for. We have this extra week between now and the Super Bowl. So I figured we spent a little time talking about the news of the day. Uh, Obviously, Tom Brady retires. Will, what's your what? What are your memories and thoughts on Thomas Patrick Edward Brady the second? Um, for me, it was it's just his uh, his mental endurance, you know, to year in year out, just like stay consistent and keep competing, uh, especially after after he's done so much, after he's done everything, and to still like for it to still matter and for him to just always be in it. Like they always tell us like, Hey, it's a, it's a full, full 60 minute game. And Tom Brady, for the most part, I mean, every game was down to the wire. He played a full 60 minutes. And so for me, it's just his resiliency, his, his determination, his drive, all those things that you hear, you know, in like a movie script, like, man, he has the heart, the drive, the desire, the passion, he, everything he, he embodies, uh, what a football player is. So uh, that's that's my my thought when I think of uh, the legend Tom Brady. My first thought when I think of Tom Brady, especially on a day like today, is 365 days ago when he retired the first time and I said all these super nice things about somebody who I rooted against his entire career. And I was like, you know what? Wow, it's incredible. This guy, you know, this bastion of longevity, just, just tough as nails. And, you know, just just... Just just a football, just a guy who went in there day after day. And you know what I'm saying? You look at the highlight reel, it's impressive, sure, but it's not necessarily the most impressive year in, year out. But you know what is the win-loss record. Right. I said all that last year. So now I'll just say this. See you later, Tom. Thanks you know that. what though? I, I feel I feel way better about this retirement than I did last year's retirement. Well, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, do you think he? Do you do you think he? Like, you don't think he might come back? I don't think he will. Nah, he got too much going on right now. I think he saw like, sure, once he committed to play this year, he had to play this year. And I think just so much went on in his personal life where he's like, you know what, I'm good, I'm good, and 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 I think to the point where he he had just enough. In the tank, it's like I think they say, right? When you're when the gas uh, hits E, you got like forty miles left. <laughs> yeah, his gas, his, his gas like came on. His gas like came on. Gas like twenty miles on. left to get to the station. Yeah. He, had a, he had about twenty to forty miles left, you know. And then, uh, yeah, he he was the, the station was just out of reach. He's like, you know what, man? I'm just gonna um, I'm just gonna go get me an electric car and just enjoy this, enjoy this ride. So yeah, I th- I just think he's fully exhausted. And kudos to him that he's able to play that long and go out on his terms, you know, for the, in the, usually the case is like us NFL players, it's, it's never on our terms. Um, Either we get released, we get injured or something happens, but for him to have the luxury of, of doing so is, is, is really cool, you know? And a lot of it too, again, it comes down to just exhaustion. You know, I could have, I still gave it a go when I got released from the, to, from the Redskins and um, I kept going, but then it, it got to the point where I was like, man, do I, do I want to keep living on the opposite coast um, of my family? They were in California. I was in Virginia and I'm missing everything. 
And, and I also was not having fun, you know, while I was playing sure. football. So it, it, for me, it just got exhausting. Yeah, uh, obviously it's a different case, you know, for me, I'm still, you know, I was still fighting to try to, you know, make my name and, and, and win titles and, you know, obviously make my family more financially secure. So, but ultimately I just got tired and as much as I love football, I was so exhausted. And, and for me to not want to continue on with my dream job, like that's, that's what happened to me. So I could see Tom right now. Like he's just, he's just tired. Well, and also too, I can, I would not think that Tom Brady, I mean, I think he's the, the writing has been on the wall. Right. But the thing that was always kind of that, that held you back and in, in from the last three, four or five years from saying, you know, Brady needs to hang him up. Even when he would, went from new England to Tampa when, cause you remember his last, I want to say his last three games in new England, he threw through pick sixes or his last two games in new England, yeah. the first game in Tampa were picks had pick sixes at all of them. He, they were all kind of the same route, throwing the ball to the outside. And it was like, wait a minute, this right, is the same like, game stood out. Right. It's like, man, okay, you're, you're losing a, a step or two. But I think here what we saw was Tom Brady, if he wanted to next season, or if he could continue the level of play he had this season, he's an average, he's a league average quarterback. And if, yeah, sure, if you put everything around him perfectly, he could win some more. But that's not how this game works. And if you look at the guys who were just in, in the championship game, for example, uh, just that quarterback. Well, the 49ers, they started four quarterbacks. I mean, they they played four different quarterbacks this year. Philly played two quarterbacks this year. Um, Cincinnati, you know, they started out slow, but Joe Burrow's taking the most sacks this season. And, uh, and, and look at Patrick, who had Patrick Mahomes had as weapons down the stretch, especially in the fourth quarter of the AC championship game. None of nobody's situation is going to be perfect. Nobody's situation is going to be right. You know, and so the the scenario in which that Tom Brady can go in and walk in and be a top five quarterback or give you top five results as a player for your team, that scenario doesn't exist. And I think that, well, as much as I would have liked for him to hang him up last year, um, this year, I think there's no recompense. Like there's nowhere for him to go. Um, so I'm glad he's not forcing it. I mean, there are places he can go. Like, um, where do you? Where, where do you think San Francisco. San Francisco is the perfect spot? They just need somebody available. <laughs> they just need somebody who can give us 16 games. Well, and not to and not to like screw it up. And 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 for and plus this will be some of the best weapons that he will have. Like he had dude, he had 733 pass attempts. That is the most by a lot. You know, all the, which which had him third in passing and total passing yards. So meaning like, yeah, they weren't able to run the ball um, much in, in Tampa Bay. And so if he just if San Fran, if there was a spot, it would be San Francisco. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you on, on all that where it's 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 different, especially when you have Mahomes and Allen and, and Burrow, like the quarterbacks who are really making the plays like. Oh, Jalen Hurts. You got quarterbacks out there like making the plays, and and but those guys also have people around too um, that are available. So it's kind of like Tom Brady was available. His guys weren't healthy. You look at San Fran. Most for the most part, guys end up being healthy, but the quarterback situation. I mean, three three QBs and or four QBs in one season, rather. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't. But I. But that being said, I don't think I don't think it happens. Um, I think Tom Brady goes and gets that 300 mil from Fox. I think so too. <laughs> Maybe I'll see him walking around the building. But uh, one guy who I won't see walking around the building at Fox anymore, Sean Payton. Sean P. Best coach in my team's lifetime. Gets traded away for less than Christian McCaffrey. So there you go. That's that. Way to hold him over a barrel, New Orleans. Appreciate <laughs> you restocking the draft pile, draft capital, while you're sitting there with Dennis Allen, who doubled. You know, Dennis Allen almost doubled his win total and he last season, and he's been a coach for four seasons. That's how things are going in New Orleans. Andy Dalton's still starting there. I'm not salty one bit about it. Sean Payton traded to the Broncos for a first-round pick and a second and third-round swap. 
So essentially, a pick swap and a first rounder. Everybody wants to know, can he revive Russell Wilson? I want to know. The Saints could have gotten better from this, from the Broncos. Just hold out a little while longer. The Broncos were they, were, they were chasing after every single body, and this is the last person. It's 145, closing time, and the lights come on, and Sean Payton is like, I'll still come, but you're going to have to make, like, we're going to have to stop at the diner first. That's the way I feel about the Broncos deciding on Sean Payton after running through D'Amico Ryans and Jim Harbaugh and everybody else involved in coaching searches, it feels like. I felt like it was always Sean Payton. Despite what everyone wants to say, like there are a lot of people out there, even Denver um, local beat writers are saying like, Sean Payton was never going to be it. Never, never, never. And I'm like, soon as I, soon as the season was going on, the middle of the season, I'm like the perfect person for this job would be Sean Payton. Um, I look overall is um, obviously a, just a great football culture in, in Denver. Um, obviously new owners that are willing to like, you know, go, go above and beyond um, Patton, you know, the GM, you have, you have a really good defense. You have a talented quarterback. Um, you have receivers on the outside. And then obviously, yeah, you got to figure out like, how can we get our running backs to, to make it happen? Um, and the old line wasn't healthy. And I just see a lot of pieces. I'm like, man, the, 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 the big, the only thing they really need is, they just need a culture. They need a coach to come in there and who can just, you know, lead and and, and demand and and you know and earn respect. Well, and, that's what the thing they're getting in Sean Payton is a guy who no, can turn sit there no, and turn around. The New Orleans Saints were the the people talk about the Browns, the Lions, the Saints were right there. That's what I'm saying. And I, I know we talked about it on the show before, but when you when you bring in a quarterback who has never had to lead a franchise on his own. When you bring in a head coach who has never had to lead a franchise on their own, and then they come into a team trying to do that, and they never, Russell and Nathaniel Hackett never got the locker room. They never got it. And that's what made it really, really hard to, to play uh, or, or even to win games. And so this is this is exactly what you need. I look at, and the reason too is I don't think, I didn't think Sean Payton like felt like starting from scratch. Like when, you know, when the, they talk about the Houston job, it's like, does he really want to go and get a rookie quarterback and rebuild an organization? Like, does he really have the the capacity to do that? You know, I can see Arizona still trying to figure it out. And yeah, he, he likes Kyler Murray. And I know he talked about it on TV and everyone got excited. There was no way in hell he was going to Dallas. Yeah. I mean, not not at all, because if, if Jerry's not giving up power, that's a pipe dream. Sean yeah. Payton was the president of New Orleans for 15 years. That's what I'm saying. Like, like he, he's, he's not. I said, I, said, I said president, you know what? He was the emperor, the dickhead. He could do what he wanted. Right. And he's not going to go there and work for the man. Like, it's not happening. You right. know? So I'm like, is Denver, like for both sides, there's no question. There's no question at all. And, and yes, Russell had a down year, but there's... That doesn't diminish the fact that he his his ability, like he can still play ball, and it's just a matter of of knowing what to do. So I look at this, I look at like Sean Payton's history, and and he does have an ego, and it's in a sense where I think I can help him. Oh, oh, you know? I'll, I'll make I'll make Taysom Hill a quarterback is is the most well, egregious no, or, example. Or no, well, let's start from the beginning. You like let me Drew, let me get Drew Brees. All right, True. let me get Drew Brees over here, and obviously how that worked out. Uh, um, I'll take Jameis and just have him not throw thirty picks. Let me let me take Jameis and and see see what I can do. Um, and just really teach him football. And I think yeah, sure, Jameis is not like he's not the dude over there, but Jameis has learned a lot, not just from Sean but from Drew as well. And I see him taking on this new challenge. That's like at this point in, in in people's career, when you have like hit the pinnacle and you've done so many great things, you want more challenges. Like, let me, so let me get a guy who everyone thinks is washed, whose favorite player is Drew Brees, who I know very well from the Pro Bowl and played against, competed against. Like, this is, this yeah. is a, this is a match made. This was the most desirable job for Sean Payton and for Denver. Like, this, this I will say though, the last, the last three seasons of Drew Brees' career, 
he was not able to throw. I mean, he didn't attempt to pass more than 25 yards in the air. Right. And Sean Payton had that man in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? And it was, you couldn't tell me. I mean, I'm not trying to sit here and disparage Drew Brees, New Orleans legend, of course, in terms of his ability to play. But his last three years, he just couldn't throw the ball down the field. And Sean, it was a mix between them just getting in the right play every single time. And that's why I did. That's why in the playoffs, they weren't able to, to move, to, you know, sometimes advance because sometimes things are go wrong as they sometimes will. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, D'Amico Ryan's his defense. Honestly, I was surprised. As the way the game played out, I thought the 49ers defense played really, really well. But it was his last appearance in San Francisco. He's now going back to his alma mater, so to speak, to go coach to Houston, Texas, where he played linebacker. Now, it's an interesting conundrum here (laughs) because you could say the Texans have fired their last two black coaches, only gave them a year and no real shots. Or... You could say they hired Romeo Cornell after the interim, hired David Cully first time head coach. Right. They give they, they give an Smith back into the league. They give and an ops what the Miko Ryan's got a six year deal. They give an ops with zero tolerance. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, the Miko Ryan six year contract, I feel like might buy him a little wiggle room. Well, yeah, too. I think financially, like they, you know, they got to figure it out. For a bit, but you know, I I think this is this is great um, to get some, just get some like new like young energy in there, and and we saw how he led um, with with the new school vibe, and it's hard, it's hard when you know you find good coaches, but maybe the issue is they just can't connect to the players, and that's and that's and that's really difficult. I remember. Um, Gosh, I'm trying to remember. I called a game um, in college, Wyoming, and their head coach, uh, Craig Bowl. You know, he's in his mid 60s, and he's a he's a very tough, hard nosed, like this is how it is type of coach. And he said, he said one of the changes he made this year was trying to connect on a personal level and, and relate. And get to know his players, like he said. I, that was like something that I, I really resonate and try to do. Um, that was the same thing. I mean, even a better example is Coach Coughlin. You know, he had that strong, militant energy. Like this is how it is. This is our structure. This is discipline. And then his wife was like, "Let these boys see how you are. Let these men see how you are with your grandkids at home. Like relate to them, connect to them." You know, so shoot, he would let us bring our kids to the training room. He played with our kids and he was able to, my whole point is he was able to connect on an emotional level. And I think D'Amico Ryans has that ability to do so. And also too, you know, when you're a young new head coach, like give me an organization where I can start from scratch with. And he's going to get his QB and he's going to be able to build that team. And he's going to be able to put his full stamp on it, you know, back where it started. So I think this is a, if it wasn't Dan Quinn, uh, you know, it was I was it was one of these two for me. So I think you know, it's, it's outstanding. I, I like the Miko Ryan's a little bit better than Dan Quinn, just from when I watch their defenses. It feels like Dan Quinn's defense is a lot to do with guys winning one on one matchups. And D'Amico Ryan seems like even though there was like there in like in the Philly game, I kind of give him give him a, a pass because the offense was so bad and just deep, after a while just you you run 70 plays defensively, you're gonna give up something. You know, it's just a lot of plays to run when your offense can't do they can't do much. But it seems like D'Amico Ryan's and this 49ers defense were figuring things out as the season progressed. Like, like every time a team would would advance or, or, or like drive by drive was figuring out, oh, okay. They're pulling the guard here. We'll we'll put Nick Bosa here, and that'll stop that. We'll, oh, they're doing this. Well, okay, we'll put Fred Warner on the spy. We'll put Fred Warner over here on this bubble screen, and that and that's the end of that, right? Um, and I, I think that that kind of um, individual, I should say, play by play kind of chess match by that D'Amico Ryan seems to implement will play very well for somebody to be go from being a defensive coordinator to a head coach because you're it seems to me that as a layman 
it seems that he's evaluating the game play by play and then putting his best players in in positions going forward as opposed right. to having a game plan prior to or just being married immediately to your game plan going in and ignoring what the what the offense is doing you know what i'm saying so i i think that ability to be malleable is something that a head coach is going to have to have because as we saw um it's almost as if the the teams that were able to manage their injuries the bet- better through their play calling uh, and, and scheme and so on were the teams that were able to advance this postseason. Like, and I think that you just look across the board, that, that is overwhelmingly true. I, I still don't know what Jalen Hurts' shoulder looks like because he's only thrown, he's only needed to throw for like 200 yards. <laughs> and right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, we know we got a quarterback out of her shoulder. We're not gonna need. We're not gonna uh, rip and run with them if we don't need to. No, I think they, that's the type other, of thing. They're just, they're, trying to, they're just trying to win games. Whatever but I think is. that's the type of thing that uh, uh, D'Amico Ryan's head coach could like. Uh, I project that for him. You know, I project him to be the type of coach that is a, a kind of aware of the the team that he has. Right. As, and I think some coaches may not necessarily. At least it feels like when I'm watching, some coaches don't have that awareness now. What well, is your I level? Too, of, I would say too for San Fran, though, they don't have like a, you know, like a like a stud corner where we're like, hey, you got him. Yeah. You know, they they literally move guys around to put him in the best spot. There's a soundbite right now with Jimmy Ward saying, you know, he told Kyle Shanahan he wants to go back to safety. He doesn't want to play nickel anymore. And then Kyle was like, well, do you want to ride the bench? Meaning like, no, like we need you at nickel. Um, and so they they want they needed their there are certain guys at the best spots. Right. By the way, I want to say too, like that soundbite, I'm sure it wasn't, he wasn't talking smack. I'm, I'm 100% positive. He was just telling the story of like, hey, you know, because people now look at it like all the players in San Fran are now speaking out and trying to talk smack when Kyle said that. Oh, I mean, I think, you know, it's like, look, bro, we're winning and being successful. I think that that is one, it's, Players are going to want things and, and like just individuals. Everybody's an individual, but you got to do certain things, quote unquote, for the team. You know what I'm saying? Right. That that to, That's what I would take away from that. It's like, bro, you're out here getting plenty of snaps. I know you don't want to necessarily be running around like this, but bro, we're in the NFC championship game. What you want me to do? Like, it's like, and it's the number one defensive football. We're winning. We're being successful. And to me, Jimmy, I had no problem with Jimmy Ward going up and saying, I want to be successful. I want to be a safety. I want to go back to safety. No problem with Shanahan saying, look, if you want to be a safety, this is what it is. If you right. want to continue with the status quo, th- we can continue with this. And it seems as if Jimmy was like, you know what? I, I, I'll just slide back at that nickel for you know the time being until uh, right. it's a safety opportunity opens up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I want to do want to get your thoughts on this before we take this quick break. Kellen Moore was unemployed for like 15 minutes. He was never unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> they moved, they mutually parted ways. He already had he already had the uh the contract. He was like, so we done? All right, going to going to the Chargers. Right. He might have actually just look, he didn't hang up the phone. He just clicked over. You know what <laughs> exactly. what I'm saying? <laughs> he just clicked over. He had the Chargers on their line and said, hold up, wait. So I've had uh I've seen a lot about this uh, what's your initial thoughts on this uh on this uh hire oh uh, i i think this is great i mean i think um i think this is i thought dallas's offense just from from a statistical standpoint like overall their rank is what they have done has has been has been you know really good um and i think whatever he brings over from from Dallas to San Diego is going to be, I mean, excuse me, I keep saying San Diego from the LA chargers is going to be, is going to be great because ultimately offensively, they just got better players all over the place. So they got better quarterback, they got better receivers and Austin Eckler is the most underrated player in the damn NFL. Um, And then obviously they're going to, whatever they do in this draft, probably get another playmaker on offense. Um, You know, probably get another linebacker or safety something like that. So I think just that's why it was it was no brainer. It was a no brainer uh, to do this. And it's just only going to help elevate um, Herbert. 
No. On the backside, everybody is saying, like, wait a minute, Mike. Are you sure you really want to call plays for Dallas? And I just, you know, I, I tend to remember he had a little bit of success up there in Green Bay with his play sheet. I understand that his play sheet, he was talking into the ear of one Aaron Rodgers. But still, it was still one of the better offensive minds in football for the better part of a decade. Like, and I, I and I don't, I don't, I don't see the, the. Do you see a cause for concern here more than Kellen Moore? Because I really don't. I think, I think this is for real. The um, the last, the last dance for McCarthy, um, and simply because too, like earlier, earlier, like a week ago or two weeks ago. Like he he ended up parting ways with his running back coach Skip Pete, his co- his old line coach Joe Philbin. Joe has been with him since two thousand six. Okay, he also let go um, Rob Davis, his assistant head coach. I played at Rob Davis my rookie year. Rob Davis was a long snapper, and then he ended up becoming assistant head coach. And he's pretty much he's pretty much McCarthy's right hand man. He's been with him. Again, since two, played for him in 2006 and seven, and then was like working for Mike the whole time. I mean, Mike brought mm-hmm. all his homeboys with him to Dallas, and he let go every single one of them. And now he let go Kellen Moore. And then I'm sure, I'm sure there was a meeting with that, the people upstairs in DQ, like, hey, stay put because you might have action just in case this doesn't work out. Dan Quinn, you might have action just in case this doesn't work out. So they didn't want to be, I'm sure Jerry Jones didn't want to be out. He's a businessman, right? He's a businessman. So he's like, hey, sure. if, this, if this Mike thing doesn't work out, I still got Dan Quinn. So let's pay him top dollar and keep him versus him going somewhere else. And then the Mike thing doesn't work out. Then we got to go on this whole head coaching search and then we miss on everybody. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think Mike's like, hey, I'm going to handle this play calling thing. I got DQ that, that can handle the defense thing. So I essentially got two head coaches on my staff again. Um, and yeah, if so Mike's like, if I'm going to go out, it's going to be on me. <laughs> it's not. I respect it. I'm yeah. going out on my terms. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be because of me. So, well, let's take a quick break and then get into the conference championship games for last from Sunday. With Caesar Sportsbook and Casino, every bet earns with Caesar Rewards. That means whether you win or lose, you're always earning towards perks like free stays at iconic Caesars properties, game tickets, dining, and more. And if you haven't started yet, here's a reminder: your first bet is on Caesars, up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars. Download the app with promo code Omaha Full and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a bet credit. Twenty-one and older only offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wagers only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bet credit is $1,250. Must be used within 14 days of receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Nowhere to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado? Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with the Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier Casino, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or uh, West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. Offer not available in Maryland or Ohio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You know, Will Blackman, you are the first person to ask the question that nobody else seems to be asking. But I think it's the only one that you can take away from the NFC Championship game for the 49ers side. Does Kyle Shanahan, in fact, hate quarterbacks? <laughs> I never said he hate them. Yeah, you did. That was one of the first ones. I, yes. I said, why, why do his QBs all get beat up in his system? I'm just saying, I don't know. Maybe Kyle Shanahan actually hates quarterbacks. It's like it's like he might as well just run the triple option where they get hit anyway. <laughs> you know, speaking of, I mean, he, he honestly should have just went to that with Christian McCaffrey was thinking that was thinking <laughs> that honestly was thinking that initially, like once I saw Josh Johnson fumble the snap in the second, like coming out of the second half, which first of I mean, coming out into, at the end of the second quarter, I should say, which Shanahan, bad job by you run the ball, get out of there, and get out into the halftime with a 14-7 lead, and maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe we can figure something out. But after that, after that turnover, and they went in uh, halftime 21-7, that thing was uh, pretty much uh, over and done with right then and there. But uh, it, it's kind of like you you have to always, like, hope for the West, hope for the best and prepare for the worst. And if I'm seeing the signs of like my QBs are getting beat down, and then if I'm like, okay, God forbid something happens to Purdy and Josh Johnson has to come in, God forbid something happens to him, like who's number three? You know, like who's number three in that game? And I mean, CMC, I mean, he did run a lot of Wildcat at Stanford, you know, he's done some. In Carolina. And so it's like, man, they got to be at least like in Debo. Debo's done it too. There's Your boy be- Jennings was, uh, Jawan Jennings was like the fifth or sixth quarterback in his class uh, when he committed to Tennessee. He committed as a quarterback to your point of but guys hard, who, yeah, you know. the hard thing is though, you know, he got to learn all that stuff too. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like there was once, once he got into that, it was no plan. It was no plan at all. And that's, Really just feasting on my thing too is like I understand. Um, I think I said this on the herd the other day, like when I had to pick who was gonna win this game. And I know people love stories, they love all these things. And I'm and yes, I'm I'm gonna bring up the word consistency. And 49ers did have a you know a 12 game winning streak, but Philly has been the best team all year. And I think, you know, I think. People just weren't excited about their wins because they just they would just go in and just beat people up and leave. Um, outside the games where Jalen Hurts wasn't in, they would just go in and they would just win. They win, they won with team football, and people were like, they just they just wouldn't, they just wouldn't accept it. So they were the best team all year long, and they were, I mean, they just plowed right into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I will say. I think that Philly team has flaws right now. I'm not sure about their passing offense because, I mean, they ran 70 plays at 270 yards of offense. 35 of it approximately shouldn't have counted when Devontae Smith dropped that ball. Apparently, I'm the only one that saw it live that he dropped the ball. Me, not a single official, not anybody on television, and neither Sal nor Dave. Because, like, everybody was like, you know, when we saw it all live, we thought it was – I thought he dropped it. But, anyway, I knew he had dropped it when he got up oh, and started doing yeah, the fist exactly, pump. exactly. But to your point about team football, though, to see to see Devontae Smith get up, pound his fist together, and all, all other 10 players on the field know what's happening, immediately, reg- immediately register – Get down, run a play, even though it was an incomplete pass. The point it remains is they running the play. Right. Like 
that they ran them being able to run the play in 10 seconds from, from catch. Like there was only 10 real seconds in game time in, in 10 seconds. While it seems like, you know, you should be able to figure it out. 10 seconds in the microwave takes forever. That's a really short period of time for Shanahan right. to think I need to challenge that call. Right. You know, so, you know, I, I to me, it goes kind of to your point about uh, team football and everybody being on one accord and everybody being locked in because like if Jordan Mylotta for whatever reason is, is looking up at the stands at a pretty lady right after that fourth down, they probably don't have that fourth down conversion because everybody had to be on the money and on the snap and just run right there, running down there. Well, like, now, yeah. Well, like you said, like in terms of the timing, usually most coaches, you have pe- you have people that will help you like, hey, you should challenge that. Oh, you should challenge that. So maybe they're waiting on each other. It happens so fast. But also, too, um, you know, for defense, if you don't know what I remember, Will Compton was actually pretty good at this. Like if we were rushed, he already had a call in his mind that he would just run for us to get us to bail us out in that situation um, on defense. So, yeah, I mean, it happened quick. But again, kudos to Philly for being prepared for that situation. I wonder about that a lot, because especially on defense, because it correct me if I'm wrong, but it's more important for all 11 players to be doing the same thing or be on the same page at the end of the day at the end of the day than it is if you're if you're in a run fit or if you're in a pass fit like you know what i'm saying like all right you maybe your run fit gives up seven yards or maybe you know your hurry up whatever gives up seven yards but it, you were able to not give up a touchdown like if, you, if you're not on the same page you give up touchdowns not first down right uh yeah so that's that's kind of what i was thinking that's why it's defense man when you get a defense that's moving around like the 49ers defense was or even like the eagles defense that's, that's that is to me it's it's that I don't know if maybe it's going up in the South, but that is so beautiful to me, man. Like, I know everybody wants to see touchdowns and guys out there slinging it and passing, but it's like, bro, when I, when a defense can't, when offense can't do anything, I, that's also awesome to me. Just watching defenses just fit in and figure things out yeah, is impressive. And, I, and, I, and what's all, but what's also impressive is, okay, you take, is, is a situational awareness. Go back to, Remember when Chase Claypool was dancing after the first down? They were like, man, put the ball down. Like, put, put the, the ball, ball down. Yep. Yeah, put the ball, ball down. Exactly. And let's move on. Like, Larry Fitzgerald was the king of that in being situational aware. And so for the fact that a young receiver in Devontae Smith knows, like, okay, let me sprint over and give the hurry up signal to run a play because I'm not sure about that catch. Let me go, 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 go. Because no one else knew. And he didn't want to give anybody time for him to have an awareness. And perhaps, perhaps that was an, that was discussed by Sirianni. Like, hey, guys, if you're not sure, hurry up. This is what we're going to do. That's a possibility. I feel like the intentionality in which that it occurred, they had to have practiced it. And that's what gets me about it. Like, it, it had a fire drill field goal vibes to it, right? Which is something that every team is going to practice. Dude, no timeouts. We got to get the field goal team out there. And it's a scenario that's going to occur every single game. Hey, we got a questionable call. Refs ruled it in our favor. They don't. We don't want them to go look at this because it might get ugly. But in any event, let's move on to the AFC Championship game, which, in fact, was ugly. Ugly officiated. I turned to my girlfriend after watching that game and I said, as entertaining as that was, that was probably one of the worst officiated games I'd ever seen. Now, while I don't think any of the calls had necessarily an impact on the aggregate of, or the impact, like singularly rather, on the outcome of the game, I do think that there is some level of ref. What the hell is going on when you replay third and nine? And then on the next third and nine, there's a defensive hold. And right. it's starting to feel like, dude, I cannot win for losing after a minute. <laughs> Even though in a vacuum, individually, I had, did not have a biggest problem with all of the calls, except for that intentional grounding, because <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, I mean, I look at all those calls, and yes, all those 39s, but Joe Burrow did throw two picks. He did. Um, and, and those were, like, game changers. Um, so I mean, especially the second one, the second one, if he just, if he, if they don't turn the ball away, everything in play, all the turnovers, all the bad calls, everything, if they just maintain possession of the ball, they're playing with a chance to win it overtime. 
And then uh, apparently nobody wanted to cover MVS. I mean, he 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 looked like the guy they paid for. Um, hey, I, you want to talk about that, stepping up? I didn't know he was that fast. Um, yeah, he 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 looked outstanding. Um, again, nobody covered Travis Kelsey. Surprise, surprise. You know, eight targets, seven receptions. Like, what's going on here? Um, you know, pissed on my leg. Too big for the moment. Moment's too big. <laughs> like, like what's going on here? But this this is super interesting. So I will say, because I was not sure on the health of Patrick Mahomes, I did pick Cincinnati. And that was my main deciding factor. I wasn't sure if he was going to just come through and actually finish the game. But I'll tell you what, man. This this goes this goes down as as one of those like heroic, courageous, legendary oh. statement games. Uh, for it, Patrick, it's for Patrick. It's Roman. one of those types of games that people start to use adjectives that make me uncomfortable. Like like you like heroic. You know what I'm saying? It's it, like it wait was. a minute. It was like he didn't save a life. But I hear what you. I get the point. He the saved point the season. Is, he saved the season. <laughs> he saved the season. <laughs> he saved and, the season. And I mean. Do you want to talk about team on back, right? Straight up. I like Marcus Kemp, who had not one, had one catch on the four, in the fourth quarter on one of those last drives. A crucial catch for a first down that they needed to convert. Will. His he has catch. five. Will. He's got six times the amount of tackles on his career than he did catches going into that game because he plays special team. Because Juju was hurt and Kadarius Tony got hurt and Tyreek Hill got traded and McCole Hardman got hurt and it didn't matter. He's the Mahomes with no ankle is completing first down passes to some guy named Marcus Kemp, all due respect in the AFC championship game. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, it was like, it really was like uh, artistry. You know what I'm saying? Like, it really was like one of those is like, okay, you're watching a master at work. Yeah, and, and it's funny because earlier in the earlier in the season, I just saw there was one uh, interview where Mahomes, he was like, I don't care about this. I just want to win. I don't care. I don't care. I just want to win. And I'll, I'll probably bump it up on my Twitter feed, but he, he did that. And I was like, damn, dude. Like, he's locked the F in. Like, straight up. Like there's something different this year. Like he's he's tired, probably tired of hearing about Burrow, tired of hearing about Josh on, tired of hearing about all these things, tired of hearing about losing Tyreek, tired of hearing about all this stuff. And he was just so like locked in rage mode, Jordan locked in. And that's where, you know, I think by week seven or eight, we were like, Yeah, this is his MVP trophy to run away with. Like it's not, it's not even close right now. Yeah, other guys are playing well, but he's playing too well where the gap is not closing. He's still, he's still ahead. And he just continued with that, you know, throughout the postseason. Even, even in the last game, uh, last week, where he, I thought he should just chill, but he came back in the game again because he's like, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna miss this. And then for him to play the full game, be mobile in the pocket, scramble for first downs when he needed to, uh, with that ankle, and that's just. It it was it was really cool to see, man, because he he did not he had no excuses. He didn't let it limit him, and he he played ball, and that was that was that was dope. I mean, the thing that as Brady you know hangs him up today, I don't know offhand how many a or how many championship games he played in. I can't remember right now, but you can't help but think Mahomes has been. And ever, ever since he's been a starter, five years, right? He's been in the AFC Championship game. That's all he he's knows. Been in the Super Bowl twice, three times now, going into including the Philadelphia one. He has an opportunity to go two and one in the Super Bowl right now. People have said all day, and you hear it for weeks and weeks. We'll never see another guy like Tom Brady. We'll never see another guy like Tom Brady. Yeah, right. And I'm not trying he's to say a, that Mahomes is Brady right, right now. He's been a fourteen. He's been a fourteen championship games. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what I'm saying is, when I look at Mahomes, he's on the contract now. We've we're off the cheap contract. We're off the rookie deal. He's on the big contract. You look at that championship game roster: seven 
different rookies from like once the first round pick, the second round pick, all the way down to the seventh round pick, Pacheco, right? Made big time plays in that game. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to say that he's about to go to four, what not would they have to run off nine more championship games or something like that? Like he's got to play, play, you got to play what, 18 more years? He's got to play a long time. No, I'm but saying I'd like say if, he, if he played 18, if he played as long as Tom played, there's like no question. It, to me, it's very much Jordan LeBron right now. And that maybe, okay, maybe LeBron will never get to the six rings that Jordan's got. Maybe Mahomes will never win seven Super Bowls. But ultimately, it, it, it may turn into a count the rings argument because he's the gonna, championship games will be there. The yeah. yards will be there. And he's going to have you in the game. Like, he'll have you in the dance. And it's just – I just – Right, because the it's crazy the, to say, but Mahomes might be the best bargain in football because here's on that thing. contract. Here's the thing. When you when you mentioned like Jordan, you mentioned LeBron, you mentioned like Kobe, like once they knew how to get to the championship game, they they, they knew, kept they knew, going. Yeah, they but they knew how to they knew how to get there. It's like, all right, we're gonna play ball during the regular season, we're gonna do our thing, whatever, whatever. But then once the tournament comes, like, let's go. And there you go, another tournament. Um it's it's time to go. And they, they just know how to get there. And they're showing it year in and year out. Well, let's take another quick break and then pick Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts, the quarterback of the two brothers. I ain't talking Kelsey. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. <laughs> you like that, huh, Will? No. All right. Hater. On the first day of February as well. You should be ashamed. I'm just kidding. Anyway, Eagles, Chiefs, Will, you didn't even start off the show by saying happy Black History Month. Like uh, I didn't know I need apparently with you, you, I needed to. Are you I mean, are you are you lying? What are you? I forget. No, man, apparently with you, I should have given you a heads up. When I said this is the first Super Bowl even, with two brothers, I don't, even, I, don't even like, know, right. I don't even know you. I don't even know what you are. What are you? You know what? I am racially ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> no, but being honest though, I moved to LA. Everybody speaks to me in Spanish. I was yes, in Detroit for 10 you. years. Nobody did. Go figure. But the Eagles I, and then in Glendale or Arizona, I wonder. I do wonder what that's going to be like. I bet I, was, I might get a few uh, people coming up to be a que paso. But who are you picking in the in the Super Bowl, Will? Who you got? Oh, I don't even know, dude. This is a good game. This would be a good game. It should be a good game. It should be a good game for me. It kind of boils down to, all right, the Eagles are the better team, have the better roster, top to bottom. But I just did this again with the Cincinnati Bengals have the I better the team with thing. the Chiefs. I, I just did, did this. Thing. I just I did, did this dance. And you know what happened? Patrick Mahomes said, I'll take your better team, and I'll take practice squad wide receivers, and, I, and I'll make it work. But here's the difference between the Bengals and the Eagles. The, the Eagles are a way more – disciplined team way more and they have a way better secondary it's not even it's not even close that and what what philly 
has the ability of doing. They have the ability to just just wear you down. It's almost like um, it's like MMA, right? They got an outstanding ground game, and they're just gonna wear you out. You, you're gonna you're gonna try to stand up and throw a leg kick. You're gonna try to stand up and turn this into a you know a stand up battle, and they're gonna take you right back down to the ground, Randy Couture style. <laughs> And just and just tire you out. Um, I remember it was, I remember I forget what UFC it was, but George St. Pierre fought BJ Penn. And BJ Penn definitely had a, a way better like stand-up game at the time. And all GSP did was he took him to the ground and just kept him there and just mauled him and mauled him. It wasn't like a really cool, exciting like thing that he did. He just mauled him and wore him out. And his whole strategy was, he said, if I put him on his back, then all the blood is going to rush to his shoulders and his shoulders punches are going to be super slow. Like that was his whole strategy. That's kind of how Philly is. They just take you to the ground and just wear you out. Because not only do they have the players to do it, their first 22, but they also have the depth where they, hey, it's a revolving door. If they don't get to Jalen Hurts, it's going to be problems. And then on the outside, I know like the young DBs are playing really good for the Chiefs. But that could be an interesting matchup too. So outside again, really interests me because now I don't mean to cut you off, but no, you're good. we are going to be like two months out from Hurts' shoulder injury. Right, two months out from yeah. I mean, him. he threw he threw the ball twenty five times the other day. Like that's I mean that's yeah, close to that's close. But to none of it was. None of them were outside of the Smith throw. None of them were super like, let me like we we were all season. We saw that at least once a game, Jalen Hurts was throwing an alley-oop to A.J. Brown. But you're right. He's going to have two weeks. So is Mahomes. So that's what that's what I'm thinking. He'll have two weeks to get that shoulder. I think those alley-oops will come back and play. So is Mahomes. But here's the thing. Like, I just used words like heroic and legendary. <laughs> Mahomes. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And we just talked about how he's. He can be that dude, and it's like it's almost like those things where you're like, "Man, you can't bet against Brady. You got we have to stop betting against Mahomes." We we are, and and they're gonna have they're gonna have so so many things offensively and defensively. You know, I think at ultimately what is what's gonna come down to is coaches putting their players in the best position to succeed. I think. This game is going to be huge for Steve Spagnola um, to to truly draw something up to get these guys in position to succeed, and it's really going to be big for these young DBs to study, and it's going to be big for the, this athletic defensive line to get to Jalen Hurts. They're gonna have they're gonna have to beat him up because if he's chilling, it's a problem. He's he's already a, a cool reserve, calm, laid back type of dude in his zone, unbothered. Yeah. You gotta you gotta interrupt that somehow. Oh. So that being said, in the home of the Chiefs. Let's okay. go. Taking Kansas City. Man, the only thing I'm taking right now is the under. I'm still leaning. Don't be whack like that. Pick somebody who's gonna win. I'm leaning Chiefs lean. at the moment. Don't lean. Don't lean. Pick. I just want to know. It's like you want Juju. To, we're on the show. Pick. You can't. Don't know Juju's up. coming back. You know, it's Tony Hardman. Somebody look, after that. All, game, right. all it takes. Look. All it takes is for you to show it on film once. And MVS showed up. Like, oh, okay. You know what though? You did just say that. Because I, I, I don't want to look you in the face after this Super Bowl. And you tell me, I told you so about Patrick Mahomes. So I might, I might split two sides against the middle. I'm betting on the Chiefs to win, and I might sprinkle a little bit on Jalen Hurts MVP. How how do you like that? Dude, ten ten guys touched the football this weekend for the Chiefs. Ten guys. And I say, out of those ten, how many do you think were? If you had to guess, how many do you think of those 10 were on fantasy rosters in week 13? I would say one, two, three. 
four or five, maybe six. I mean, and that's the AFC Championship game that we're talking about. Maybe six. you're right. Patrick Mahomes is incredible. Don't 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 listen to me. No, listen. Just to watch me. him on TV. No, listen to me. Just pick pick who you want. I by did. The way, I, by up? the way, I will say this. This is this is kind of off topic, but it's related to football. If you have like. You know, sometimes you start scrolling on social and then you get you get caught in the matrix and you're scrolling for hours and hours and hours. Okay, well, there's there's one that's worth it. And it is the Arian Foster comment about the league being rigged. Yo, listen, the quote tweets tweets are absolutely bonkers. Like some of them I cannot retweet because they are freaking ruthless, bonkers. Like people are going to hell for what they are saying. It's no. Some of some of them have been. I mean, I'll put it like this, bro. Right now, there's thirteen thousand quote tweets on that tweet. Listen, and the first one that I like, like I think Trevor Lawrence reading his script at halftime is a is a great one. Uh, the one the one with Brady uh, when they said. Because it looked like a table reading, and it said when Matt Ryan walks into the room during the 2016 table reading, and Brady like looks back and sees Matt walking in, <laughs> like that one is I retweeted like the light ones, but there are some that are, I mean, it's like it's they're so out of bounds, man. They're so out of bounds. Like this is, this is as good as like the real the real Twitter came out. Yeah, the the the, 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 the 2010 out. Twitter, 2011 yeah. Twitter. Yeah, the the real zombies came out today. <laughs> I'm looking at the I'm looking at LeBron crying in Boston. You know, LeBron after he yeah. the, the foul the foul no foul, and they said that's Kyle Shanahan scrolling through the QB section of the script every season. Dude, <laughs> I mean that's on the light side. They're all like, oh, I'm trying to keep it light, bro. I, I was I just you know. Uh, they got you got Ray Lewis on here. You got Henry Ruggs on here. You know you got. Damn, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. You got Riley Cooper on here. Cra- dog, it's crazy. But I do have to say, this is one of those times that is the the, the best of the internet. Yeah, this this is it, man. They they really got it done. But anyhow, who you got? I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm go ahead and take the Chiefs. <laughs> taking Kansas City. I'm sorry. I'm looking at uh, it's got Debo going up to red in the scene of Friday talking about what bike. And they said that was James Harrison getting his script for the NFL. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> ah, that's hilarious. I'm saying. Now, well, if you want to check that out, it's on Twitter. You can check out Will Blackman on Twitter as well. I'm on Twitter too, at Martin Weiss. Will, I'll be talking to you again prior to the Super Bowl from Radio Row. At the yeah. Super Bowl. So get some content too. Your social game is horrendous, atrocious, abomination. It is absolutely garbage, just filth, waste management, no effort. Yeah, first of all, you could have stopped after your first adjective. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> like, all right, maybe I will. Don't challenge me. Maybe I will get some content. You're look, you're 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 an entertaining, funny individual. And then you you just you go on the the social and do nothing. Like yeah, you, you well. know way too many people, you do way too many cool things, and you're just like you know who you are, you're like the the celebrity who has like eight million followers and they follow like one person. Like how boring. Kind of like it. But you don't you for don't, you, Will. Like, I'll you tweet. You don't even follow me. That's now. That's just a lie on Instagram. No, you don't. Oh, I don't know. I, I didn't. You know, you followed me on Instagram. I don't because you didn't follow me. I'm that. Well, guy. see. I'm I guess guy. maybe we'll just never follow each other at all. I'm that guy. You know, I'll be the bigger man today, and I just did it. All right. Well, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to sign out of here, and I'm going to follow you back on Instagram. Everybody, enjoy whatever the hell the Pro Bowl games are, because apparently that's all the football we have this weekend. Yeah, the NFL, great job uh, by you. Yeah, the Pro Bowl. First of all, this is this is like this is hate, actually. Like, I think I could have made the Pro Bowl this year. I mean, did you I'm, take? I mean, did you start four games for the Baltimore Ravens? Because apparently even, that's that's the line. I'm not even looking at the. I mean, that that's wild too. But hey, congrats to him. But even just from like. 
I remember I'm looking at the the returner that returners that made it, and I'm like, man, like no one really got off. Actually, Jamal Agnew's really re- only return I forget that got off and should have gone. But man, like when I couldn't make the Pro Bowl because it was so it was so like the people I had to go against: Devin Hester, Reggie Bush, sure. Ted Ginn, Josh Cribbs, Leon Washington. The only, I say that right now, the only three guys in the league right now that are, I think are even touching those types of guys are Agnew, um, and uh, Nixon and Green Bay, Patterson. and then uh, and then your boy uh, Cordero Patterson. Like, there you go. Yeah, he's the only one really that's that's. I mean, if you were to talk about like the the greats, yeah. Marcus Anyhow, Jones in New in New England is a pretty good. Uh, right, I thought he should have went on that play alone, but you got yeah. guys in there who never scored this year. It's like, what what are we doing? Well, anyhow, sorry. I just had to. It's all good, man. That's why uh, make the Pro Bowl matter again. America, make the Pro Bowl matter again. Yeah, in terms of who gets in. That's what I that's what I'm saying.